This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. An Odyssey station. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios. Where relationships matter. This is Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your hosts for the next radio hour. The mortgage mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Class. Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate. Presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right. Good afternoon. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the mortgage mom, Deanne Katsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am doing great, Mark. Just great. Me too. It's nice and hot out. So we're <laughs> excited to be talking to you every Saturday at 1 o'clock here on Talk Radio 1210. Want to ask us a question about mortgages, residential, commercial real estate? Give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan? My number is 609-605-7153. You can listen to this show and past shows at our webpage, goodnewsandrealestate.com. So what's coming up today? So Mark, coming up on today's show, we have the market report. Yes. We have business tips with asking Dr. A. Yes. Continuing series is a good one. Yeah. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. We have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? How to be a confident buyer in this market. Mm, That's a good one. Mark, we also have some questions. Um, Question number one, is it reasonable to ask for concessions once the offer has been put in? Good question. Next question is getting ready to buy a house and found out it has radon at a level of 20.5. I'm being told that it can be fixed. Do I fix it or do I run away? Next question is divorcing and husband does not want to have a short sale. We are underwater. What can I do? Hmm. Next question is I own one third of a condo. I own a third of a condo left to me by my late husband. I can no longer afford to maintain it and wish to sell. My husband's children do not wish to sell. What are my options in this situation? Family. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love it. All right. And today's topic of the day, Mark, is how to avoid home buyer's remorse. Yep. Buyer's remorse. Everybody gets it. All right. But first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, you can control your future, your destiny, what you think about comes about. By recording your dreams and goals on paper, you set in motion a process of becoming the person you most want to be. Put your future in good hands, your own. There you go. 
That's a yeah. good one. If you don't, if you don't write it down, I'm telling you, it's like writing music, like write songs. I get an idea, I write it down. Yep. Otherwise, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> That's what I tell you. I, I I have this memory book that somebody told me to read, and I keep forgetting to read it. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so where are we at? We are up to the market report. And there is the bell. So housing inventory is still at a crisis level. We, you know, we've been talking about this for, what, five years? Jeez. Across the market, the top 100 markets, single family home inventory is around two months. In Philly, we're around a month. It's just over a month. Blink and you'll miss your dream home. So, <laughs> so few single-family homes are for sale in America. That just two with just two months of inventory available across the 100 metros in the country. That's a historic low. That's according to Blacklight, which just released a white paper that studies how long it would take to sell a home currently listed for a sale, give it in a market based on prevailing sale rates. If no listings were added, so that was two months, which is. A normal market is six months. Historically, markets maintaining four to six months of inventory would have been defined as equal. But we haven't been in that situation for a long time. Yep. Not only have overall months of remaining inventory figures converged toward less than two months in recent years, but higher price homes, which have historically required substantially more time to sell, have been also increasingly in short supply. The higher price homes in a hot housing market in cities such as Los Angeles, Palm Beach, Phoenix, are also increasingly in short supply, and uh, and and they're they're anything considered over a million dollars, and that's usually a slower market, but not now it, I know. not anymore. <laughs> Markets like San Diego, Los Angeles, any listing under three million on average takes less than three months to sell. Now three million is a lot. That you know that's a small that's buying a, group. Yeah, that's a big nut. Especially with the interest rates. Right. In Dallas, listings under $2 million have less than three months of inventory. Historically, it took a thin market like that six to 12 months to sell. Less than 10% of all the markets fall under the category of hot, distressed, even at the top and bottom of the market, report said. For early 2022, 16% of the markets were labeled hot using the data from May of 22. Recent advances in information technology, which dramatically reduced the time it takes to find and buy, and the Federal Reserve's fiscal policy raising interest rates, which gives no incentive to sell, give up homes that are refinanced at low rates, were factors that contributed to this low inventory. According to this report, institutional investors that jumped into the single-family property market following the market crash in 2007 to convert them to rentals also played a role. Because there was a lot of that. They bought up them buys. Oh, yeah. Uh, them big companies. This proved to be a profitable business model, but served to reduce the inventory, which we're still suffering from. While it is unknown how long the housing market will remain in the state of seller's paralysis, buyers will need to enhance their search and offer strategy to extend that low inventory has become the new normal. Agents and brokers will need to become adept at using technology on both sides of the purchase transaction to ensure they are providing buyers and sellers with the most current, accurate information. And so you got to be really careful. You got to hire a good agent in this market. I just told the students in a class, you know, anybody that got a license after 2005 has never been in a market like this. And, and a lot of them are struggling because they got a ton of buyers, but there's nothing to show them. 
I know. Agreed. If they would only get on the phone and work, they would get listings. Listings are like money in the bank. You know how close I am to, to go out and get some listings? I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah. With two- I was actually debating it myself, like uh, just hitting my database and say, Who, uh, who's got a house I want to sell? You know what? The inventory. Mark, what? I have a, a system called HomeBot. And if you download it, throw all of your database in there. Right, it's going to show them what the home value is, what the equity is, and what they could sell their house for. I guarantee you, you would get listings out of that. Yeah, I, and these agents, if they would just pick up the damn phone, because the public does not know what's going on unless they tune into this show. Yep. And we're the only real estate show in the fifth largest media market in the country. So, the, so inventory of homes sales rose. over last year in May, marking the first rebound since 2019. And that's the other myth out there, that homes aren't selling. More houses were sold in 20 than 19. More houses will be sold in 22 than 21. But even with this inventory issue, people eventually find a house. Uh, Inventory active listings is down 48.5% since 2019 meaning there are still only half as many homes available, according to Realtor.com's monthly report. And the national medium home price also climbed to an all-time high of 447000 Wow. Jumping 35.4% year over year. Unbelievable. So you got, you got all these factors. Prices going up, rates raising, and no inventory. So tell us about the rates. Ugh. The rates, 30-year fixed, 6.25%. Your 15-year wow. is 5.375. Your FHA is 5.5, and, and your VA is 5.5. I mean, you've been it's asking terrible. for 5.5, and, and you got it. No, I, you know, years ago, I kept saying 5. Get the, you know, five's not a big deal. That's still a great rate. But this raising the rates to damper inflation is not working. No. I saw a thing on Facebook today, uh, a mortgage person put up, uh, you know, before you, you're pending, so don't buy anything. Don't fill up the truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. So, where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to your funny story. I got one for you, too. So this agent goes to list this little elderly woman's home, right? He knocks on the door. She greets him. He follows her slowly in because she doesn't want to move too fast anymore. So they sit down around a coffee table and they start talking. Then she asked the agent if he wanted any peanuts in the bowl on the table. The agent says, oh, man, I love peanuts. He grabs a whole handful, throws them in his mouth. The old woman says, yeah, I love them, too, but I don't have any teeth anymore, so I just suck the chocolate off Oh, my God. Mark, this this story, this joke you told 
or I don't know where it came from. You came up I with did. it years I ago, and I happened to find it by accident. It's so way back, like show number forty-seven. No, because <laughs> I, when I was teaching continuing education classes, I used to tell this joke at every single class, right when yeah. people were going to lunch, and I'm telling you, the root, like they were falling over with this joke. I can't that believe that joke's you, like thirteen years at old. Least. And and the other one when you put the the shrimp in the rod, remember the oh yeah the curtain the, yeah, rods yeah classics very classic that's a good one. All right, if you have a funny story, you can send it to eight zero two nine at comcast or give us a call at two six seven two six six fifty five zero one. So now it's time for the mortgage mom segment with the end Kat Saris from Green Tree Mortgage. And she's going to talk about how to be confident in this buyer, how to be a confident buyer in this market. <laughs> yeah, we're not in the buyer's market. I almost slipped there. Almost. <laughs> I mean, today's real estate market is tough. And, you know, as we know, there's low inventory. There's a high amount of buyers, um, especially cash buyers. So it doesn't mean, this doesn't mean that it's not the right time for you to buy a home. It just means that you need to be a confident buyer. So with so many, I think you. If, I think you should buy now. Of course. Before these rates get any higher. Of course. I yeah. <laughs> I'm just. I'm in a whirlwind right now. I'm just keeping my blinders and focus forward. But with so many buyers yep. competing for a limited number of homes, it's more important than ever to know the ins and outs of making a confident and competitive offer. So there's some five key points that I want to bring up for success. Um, and this is an important stage in the home buying process. The first one is to listen to your lender and your real estate agent, because buying and selling a home, as we know, it's very emotional. And that's why trusted professionals can help you stay focused on the most important things. And definitely, you got to remember that your home buying team will guide you on the journey, not your emotions. So their support and their expertise will keep you from compromising on your must-haves and your future financial stability. Your real estate professional, I mean, Mark, they should really be your primary source for answers to the questions you have when you're ready to make an offer. And your lender can make sure that you are pre-approved, you know your financing options, you know what your payment is, you know what your closing costs. Because I Just to interrupt for a minute, though, to go exclamate your point, I was looking at a map of multiple offers around the country. Yeah. Pennsylvania average four offers. Jersey average four offers per property. I think that's so low. So that means, well, you, that's an average. So that means some of them took the offer right away, and then some of them got nine or ten offers. Right. If your average is four, there's a lot of them that are getting eight. But Jersey and Pennsylvania and, and Delaware were the same. Uh, four. Huh. Yeah. I'll have to show yeah, you that. I, I still, I mean, I know my, my clients, they're going up against 10 offers, 12 offers. And that's why, you know, you you bring up this point, And I might have to continue with this topic next week as well. Because I want to remind you that, you know, that cash offer program is the key yeah, to getting your offer different. accepted. and. You know, home. I have a, a company, and it's called Home Solutions Direct. Will back your offer with cash. There's a lot of programs out there that are saying that they'll buy the house, 
and they'll sell it back to you. And that's not necessary. That's just them making money on buying your dream home. But what we're doing is backing the offer with cash. You continue with your financing, but if for some reason something comes up, Home Solutions Direct will close on your closing date. God forbid something were to happen. So, I mean, it's a great program. Um, Call me for questions. I'll put you in touch with them. But it is a great way to get your offer accepted. Um, All right. That is a great that that's because now because sellers and buyers that are not real estate agents or mortgage people that just have a job really don't know that much about real estate, but they know like the myth stuff. Oh, it's a cash deal. And to them, that means a lot. It does mean a lot. In in, in reality, I mean, your program is great, but in reality, at the end, you get a check if you're a seller. So, you know, exactly. And that's, you know, and that's all that they really want. And that's what we're guaranteeing. We're guaranteeing that the, the realtor gets paid. We're ra- guaranteeing that the seller gets their money and they don't care how you come to the table. It could be a bag of no. cash. It could be a wire, Preferably not. you know, or it could be a certified <laughs> check. They don't care. They just want to get paid. But again, going back to, um, my topic, I'm not sure how much time I have left, but understanding your finances and that's having a complete understanding of your budget, how much the house you can afford is essential. Now I talk to people every single day and I say, you know, what's your price range? Oh, my price range is, you know, anywhere from 300 to 350. Well, what is, I ask them if they know what that payment looks like and they don't. So no, and most of them that's they're pulling that right. out of the air. They think that number is going to be okay, but it's not. So you need to know what that monthly payment looks like, and you can go to my website at mortgagemom.net and down and go. There's a mortgage calculator right on there. puts the the PMI, your homeowner's insurance, puts everything in there, so you know exactly what your payment's going to look like. And most of the time, when I get buyers pre-approved, they they usually come in a lot higher than they right. thought. Right. But again, 44% of today's prospective home buyers are planning to apply for a pre-approval. So you want to make sure that you take this step so you stand out from the crowd. Know your numbers. Know your limit. If you're looking to get a $200,000 house, you need to start looking at one seventy-five because if you have multiple offers going in, you might end up at 200,000. It's it's not like the old days. So you just have to be prepared. It also shows the seller and the seller's agent that you're serious and a qualified buyer when you're coming in with a real strong pre-approval. So again, there's a couple other steps, Mark. I'm going to go over that on, on the next, um, on the next show, because there's some key points that we want to hit on. So one is know your numbers, to call me about the cash program um, because it's a win-win. And give me a call at 609-605-7153. I will answer your questions. And I'm grateful for all of the listeners that are actually calling. All right. So you ready? All right. Very good ready topic. for our questions and answers? As soon as we come back from the commercial Sounds break. Sounds great. <laughs> all right so with that you're listening to good news in real estate here on 1210 wpht all positive all the time we'll be right back 
Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All right, so welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? So, Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. So what's the first one? The first question is, is it reasonable to ask for concessions once the offer has been put in? Yeah. I mean, if you think of something after you submitted your offer and you want some kind of concession on something, I don't know what concessions could be a lot of different things. Could be seller's assist. It could be uh, remove that above ground pool out of the yard, whatever. You know, you, you put it in an addendum. From with your agent, and they you give the addendum to the seller, and then it's a yes or a no, or you split the baby and you and you meet in the middle, right? But because if you don't ask, the answer is no, right? Right. So yes. So what's the next one? The next question is getting ready to buy a house and found found out it has radon at a twenty point five level. I'm wow. being told that it can be fixed. Do I fix it, or do I run away? That's a really high level because the, the normal level. level is three, right? Yep. Yeah. So now the only way you get at 20.5 is that you definitely have radon in, the, radon in this house. But like say this is the basement. Say this is a fish tanner and it's in the basement and everything's been sealed tight. Nobody's been there and they go in and put the radon test and you get a 20.5 because you're not going to get If any window is cracked open, you're not getting a 20.5. Right. But it can be fixed. I mean, there there's a, a, a system they put in, yeah. a remediation. They put a system in there with a fan, and it pulls it out. And radon get gases everywhere. And, uh, you know, it's like the certain neighborhoods uh, that have it more than it. Like East Falls, I know, has a lot of radon. Uh, I saw one in Bridesburg that had a, a lot of radon. You would never think it, you know? But... Everything's got it. Is everything sealed up? The weirdest one I ever saw was over in Cheltenham. So we did a radon test, and the radon came back over three. It came back like five. So I was talking to my seller, and he was there when they did the home inspection and the radon test. He goes, "Oh yeah, they were walking all over, in and out." Well, when you do a radon test, everything's got to be closed up. Yeah, exactly. So then, (laughs) this was this was actually a surprise to me. The radon was coming up through the lawn. So as they were walking through the house, the radon was coming. It it was coming into the house. I never thought about that. So then it made me think, what about playgrounds? Like, you know, like Fishdown at uh, Lehigh and uh, uh, Aramingo Avenue. There's a giant playground there. There used to be a lead smelting plant. So I always wondered about that. Like, cause I I sold a, a a building down there. It was a used to be a, a private club to a uh, video producer, did commercials and all. And I talked to an EPA guy, and he goes, "That whole neighborhood is loaded with lead." He goes, "Just don't let the kids play in the backyard in the grass." Oh my I was god! Like, did they tell anybody that? Wow. Anyway, but that was weird in Cheltenham. It was coming from the outside. Yeah. All right. So because so- the house was the house was on a pad, half a pad. What's the next one? All right. So the next question is divorcing and husband does not want to have a short sale, but we are underwater. What can we do? 
It's not too much you can do. I mean, uh, you got you quick you're underwater. Deed. You quick yeah, you do deed something like that. The husband off the loan. Wife stays in the house, makes the payments, and um, I mean, that's, in this market, I, I was just in this market, say, yeah, yeah, you know, how long, how how long have they been married? What kind of mortgage do they have left? I mean, she might be able to walk away and uh, short sale. You could probably get out of it with the amount of equity people have gained that's over the what last I'm four saying. or five it's years. For, for somebody to not have equity now, I don't know. That's the, I need a little bit more information, but. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard to be unless you just bought something and something happened and you're underwater. I don't because yeah. everything's appreciating so fast, so rapidly, right? Yeah, so we what's need a the next little more one? information. All right, the next one is: I own a third of a condo, and it was left to me by my late husband. I can no longer afford to maintain it, and I wish to sell it. My husband's children do not wish to sell it. What are my options in this situation? Let them buy you out. Well, yeah, that or or if they're not on the mortgage in the deed, they don't have any say in it. Uh, this must be an expensive condo, right? Because just to make your it's only maintaining, uh, they can no longer afford to maintain. So I mean, what are the maintenance fees there? So yeah, I don't and know. maybe she doesn't. To me, have, maybe she doesn't have any income coming in, and that's why because her husband passed away, but. Again, this is something that I think we need a little more information on because if they're not on it and they don't have they, any legal, well, they left a third of it. So they probably do own two thirds of yeah. it. They have to buy her out. That's yeah. the only That's way out of this scenario. You have, you have to buy her out. That's right. You got to buy her out. All right. Good questions. As they usual. were some usually unusually good questions <laughs> all right all right so coming up next is our topic of the day how to avoid home buyers remorse all right with that you're listening to good news in real estate here on talk radio 1210 wphd all positive all the time we'll be right back Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Dan? So, Mark, we are up to our topic of the day, which is how to avoid buyer's remorse. Yeah, and, and I, I talk to people about this because everybody gets it, but everybody gets it at different levels, uh, according to their personalities, you know, the like the Dr. Abelson talks about the D, the I, the S, and the C. S's and C's can get buyer's remorse a lot more than the D's and the I's because they're moving quickly and they just want to make decisions and move on. But everybody gets it to a certain extent. You know, remorse is a common feeling during home buying. You know, you never think about remorse until it happens to you. And, and you, you loved your future home. You signed the contract. You purchased it. Now you're not sure if you made the right <laughs> decision. You start overthinking it. We got to tell the dirt lady story again. I was soon. just thinking of that. I know, you know, because sometimes people can sit and, you know, they saw the house. Maybe they didn't go to the home inspection. So now they haven't seen it again. And they're sitting at home thinking, is this, did I make the right move? 
And there's hundreds of questions that'll run through people's minds. Uh, and you and I, what I used to do with my buyers, I tell them up front when we put the offer in, I say, listen, you're going to get buyer's remorse. And they would go, what's buyer's remorse? And I would tell them what it is. Ah, we ain't going to get that. We love this house. I said, I'm <laughs> telling you, you're going to get it. You're going to start some Uncle Harry's going to say something. Somebody's going to say something. And you're going to start second guessing yourself. So when you do that, get a bag of M&Ms and eat one. And then they would laugh. <laughs> but that would, when they started to have them kind of thoughts, they would remember what I said. Because, you know, we search for the house that they wanted. They finally found it. And then they're starting to second guess themselves. So once you find all your needs, and and I always ask them when I meet them, what's the most important thing you want to talk about? And they tell me about, you know, what kind of house, what it looks like, what it has to have, where it's at. I get all that information from them in the beginning before I start looking. And then it the whole conversation is about them. And then when I finally get that house and we walk in and they go, ah, oh, this is it. And then they sign that contract. You have a lot better shot of avoiding that buyer's remorse, but there are some people that just overthink and overthink. And I always look at it. It's a house. <laughs> Cause of my ID, you know, it's just like the truck. Like I, I got a new truck this year and the guy said, you want to go for a test ride? I was like, no, <laughs> like how, how does my phone connect? That's it. <laughs> Right. It's brand new. No, and, and that's true because I had a closing last week with a realtor and he bought a really nice house. And he said, you know, it's just, it's an, it's, I'm not, I bought it as an investment. Like eventually I'm going to sell it and going to live it in the time being, but he was not emotionally attached to it at all. Yeah. But some people do. And I then, am. you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you're a good example. I'm selling, no, I'm not. I'm selling, no, I'm not. I love my house. But, like, sometimes it can get out of control, and it causes friction and a lot of stress on somebody. And rather than – and then once they close and they go to their house, they don't even remember all that stuff. Right. But I have to tell the dirt lady story uh, one week just so people really can appreciate some – that was the worst – in my career of buyer's remorse, <laughs> I ever dealt with. And it was amazing when they finally signed the contract. They sent me a letter a couple months later just saying, thanked me for how much I helped them and how much they loved their house. Right. But if, but right before closing, <laughs> I, I could have strangled them. They were like, well, the one. But we'll have to tell that story. But real estate agents, though, should, in the very beginning when they meet a buyer, and have this conversation, they should bring this topic up because once it's brought up, now people are aware of it. And and, and now they, they'll think about that. And that will release some of that stress because it is a little stressful, you know. You know it you, is stressful. You, especially in this market. You finally found a house. You might have got shot down a couple of times. Now you finally got one. And maybe you think, oh, I, I bought this house just because I was having a hard time. Should I have done it? And that's right. that adds even more stress to the whole thing. And and so, you know, being aware of what buyer's remorse is can help release buyer's remorse. Right. Like when I bought the I got the last truck, I came out of Chapman Ford on the boulevard, and by the time I got to Grand Avenue, I was over it. <laughs> <laughs> it took me like one light. Oh my God. But, you know, but that's the way I think. But S's and C's don't think like that. 
they think over and over and over and over, should I have done this? Should I have done this? Should I have done this? Right. In actuality, when they finally do close, they're usually happy as hell. And, but they were really stressed out because they had remorse. I can't so remember it, one person that called me afterwards and said, you know, I don't think I should have bought this house. Not one I don't person. think I ever had. I don't think I ever had one. Yeah, not one person. No, uh, most of the time it always works out. It's it's just like that settling on the same day thing. Like there's no way the buyers and sellers can see the stars align that I could sell my house and buy this other house <laughs> on the same day. Right. What are the chances of that? But like in the end, it all works out. It's life, and it's like that saying we always say. You know, what were you stressed out about a year ago? All them buyer, all them buyers that had buyer's remorse, they don't even remember that a year from now, right? You know, but like, but talking about it, I think is very important that real estate agents should bring it up that you're going to get buyer's remorse, and they'll go, "No, we're not. I love this house. I'm telling you, <laughs> you're going to get it. Somebody's going to say something to trigger it, and then you're going to start second guessing yourself, and then you just got to remember." This is the house that you wanted. And it's not for life. It's not going to be for 30 years. You're going to do probably do something else again. Agreed. And go through it and go through it again. So Agreed. Anyway. No, that's a that was a great topic and and it's true because you know, I always call people and ask them after, a week afterwards when they're settled in and and getting all unpacked. And again, not one person says I don't think I should have bought it. No, I don't think I ever had one either. Yeah. But like, uh, you know, some people, they just buy. It's the lack of knowledge and and getting stressed and agents that are not coaching correctly. Because if you coach, coach your clients correctly from the jump street and you tell them the whole process, that's called a buyer's need analysis. analysis. If, if you do that. With a buyer. That's what agents do, should do, but they don't all do that. Right. A lot of them don't meet that buyer until they meet them at that first house. You know, I, I think you should always have a meeting with your agent prior to even going out looking face to face and do a buyer's needs analysis. And I always do it the same way. I say, what's the most important thing you want to talk about? And I let them tell me what they want. And now I know. Yeah. Perfect way to do it. All right, Mark. So we are up to our segment with Dr. A. And we are going to be continuing our conversation with Rules to Flourish as a Hybrid Work Team. How are you, Dr. Williamson? I'm doing fine. How are you guys doing? Very good. Very good. So we, we're continuing this thing. So uh, this series, which I had, I was telling some of my students about. So we're picking up from where we left off last week. Sure. Last time we talked about the need for accountability. This week, what I want to talk about is it's really important to build the right culture, and I call it the achievement culture, because one of the interesting things happens is people have a habit of presenting what they've done, and they, they over-exaggerate frequently what they do uh, when they're by themselves. But What's important to do is to keep in mind that when you want to set up an, a, a culture that focuses on achievement. So right. to do that, you need to have a couple different things. One of them is you want to make sure that, that you figure out and ask them, have you completed the tasks from yesterday? What are you going to be doing today? What are the goals? Uh, where are you on this? And what kinds of roadblocks and resistances can I help you with? In other words, one of the big things of leaders, I think anyhow, is, is 
your better leaders are the ones that help you identify what's getting in your way and then look for resources to help you get past whatever that is, whatever the roadblock or the resistance is. So right. that's one of the, the really important aspects So that helps actually create this achievement culture. Another thing is don't focus on how much time it takes. I really don't. Personally, I don't care how much time it takes you to get something done. I just want it done, and I want it done right. the right way. So if it takes you longer than it takes somebody else, that's on you as far as that's concerned. Uh, but somebody else can do something in half the time that, that one person A can do something half the time the person B can do. Well, that's fine with me. I don't care. So if you can get your job done in 35 hours and it takes somebody else 50 hours to do it, again, more power to you because you're getting done what needs to get done. And that that's what deals with achievement. It's not time, it's achievement. It's what you have been able to accomplish. Right? And culture, when I run a company, culture is my number one thing. Uh, I know my competition, they would just be worried about the dollars, the bottom line. But if you got a great culture in your company, everything falls in place. Absolutely, Mark. And that, that, that is so true because if you have the right culture and you're the right values, then what happens is people go that extra degree that they have to, to make it, to make it work. If you don't have the right culture, they look for excuses frequently when things go bad. And what's even worse is they, then they start blaming each other instead of, I, I ran a, I ran a real big real estate office where I had a cultural committee and, and I just, I never interfered. They would just come up with great ideas and get it done, and I would just show up. And it made the culture in the office, and that was back in 08, 09, 10, the worst years. My parking lot was packed every day because we had a good culture. Absolutely. People wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah, people wanted to be there. And there were some bad times for the residential real estate industry, too. Right. It was the worst time. Yeah. For worst time in 70 years. So it was a really bad thing. The last thing I do want to say regarding regarding this, because uh, we have limited time, is it's important when you reward people that you use the motive that motivates them. And and as we've talked about many times, we measure six different motives. So you need to figure out which one works best for them. Is it knowledge based? Is it efficiency based? Is it that they like to set the rules? Is it that they need the rules? Is it that they like to serve other people? Is it that they like to have a balance in their life? And once you figure out, either through taking our assessment or through just interacting with them and really understanding what they're like, and you focus on what motivates them, not what necessarily motivates you, because again, it's not about you, it's always about them, then that helps with this achievement culture because people are much more motivated to achieve. Right. Exactly. Because that's why I use your disc on everybody, because if I understand them, then I try to treat them the way they want to be treated. Right. And that's very motivational. And then they want to do the best they can. Right. They'll be very helpful. Yeah. You know, the high them awesome. S's and C's, they're, they're Mr. and Mrs. Helpful, you know. <laughs> so. Well, to contact us, just contact us at succeed at net. Very good, Dr. Abelson. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next week. Looking forward. All right. Thank you, Dr. A. All right. If you have any questions, you can email them to mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also email me at deannekatsaris at comcast.net or give me a call at 609-605-715. 
5-3. And a special thanks to all of our listeners and our sponsors for keeping us on the air, tuning in every week at 1 o'clock here on 1210 WPHT. If you want to give us a call, give us a call. You can listen to this show and past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and at PHD's website. So with that, have a great week. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News and Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All All positive, all the time. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Today's program is pre-recorded.